All right, guys, our next guest is the real-life Karate Kid. When he's not in the octagon, he is smashing out the hits on his YouTube channel with breakdowns and analysis. He's teaching you techniques and even getting tased. A man so nice. He's not only the nicest, he is the UFC's NMF. Steven Wonderboy Thompson, welcome back to Submission Radio. Dude, I think you have more Dragon Ball Z figurines in the back than even I do right that? now. Sh show oh, yeah, us what dude, is going on here. So, yeah, this is kind of like, like where, for the YouTube channel, me and Sweet Tea, we, you know, we'll cover <laughs> some fights, we'll do some chats, and I'm a big anime fan. So, I've got Goku down here that a fan of ours made out of, out of steel. We got the Dragon Ball Z skateboard back here, you know, the figurines, one of our karate dads. He plays, like, this Japanese game online, and he, he's always winning these figurines. So, he's got the figurines, the Naruto headband, the night vision goggles, man, we, we got it all, baby! We got it all. We got the Naruto in the background and everything. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know how it is. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to break into the gym in the middle of the night and just have Stephen Wonderboy Thompson there with his night vision goggles and the samurai sword <laughs> chasing after you with sweet tea. But I was going to say, man, uh, you know, you, you're kind of the perfect mix of Daniel LaRusso, Johnny Lawrence, and a sprinkle of Kurt Sloan from Kickboxer. And seeing as you're the NMF, i, I got to ask you. It's, it's kind of hard to imagine somebody getting mad at you. When was the last time, can you share with us the story of the last time someone actually got angry at you or you actually got angry at somebody? Has that ever happened? <laughs> From the sound of it, I, you know, very, very, I don't remember the last time. Okay, so the last <laughs> time that I almost got upset and, and you said you saw the tasing video mm -hmm. that me and my brother Sweet Tea did. And I don't know where he snuck in and got me on the on the behind, right? I don't know if you, you saw that. He yeah. snuck in at the end of the. You have to go back and watch. And he about got me cussing. He about got me cussing because you know getting tased isn't fun, right? And he snuck one in on me, and it kind of kind of pissed me off a little bit. But I caught myself. You know, I woo sided out real quick. I was on the YouTube <laughs> channel, so I couldn't go off. But if you really really want to see me, go to my Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/WonderboyFaith. I rage when I game. I think we've talked about this before. Uh, that's the only time that I really get upset, to be honest with you. I don't know why I don't get upset. I don't know why I, don't know why I get angry. And I, I, it pisses like my friends and family off that I don't get mad. And yeah. I don't know why I don't, man. <laughs> I, don't, I think I get all of my frustrations and anger out on a bag or a sparring partner, you know, in the gym. So there's, you know, there's no need outside of it. Mm. And there's I no there's... need. I think there's a lot of people out there that would like to be the NMF champions one day. And I'm just wondering, as, you know, as the reigning champion, the undisputed NMF champion yourself, what are the, what are, how would you break down the top four attributes to be, you know, the greatest NMF in the world? Well, number one, obviously, you know, you gotta, you gotta, um, you gotta watch your language for one. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. you, you, that's submission disqualified already. You got you have to laugh everything off. You know what I mean? You gotta put on a <laughs> smile. And that's something you have to do. You gotta get in the mirror, you gotta practice your smile, practice your wink, you know. You know, give, you give, know, give us nice a wink. What does what, what what the Stephen Thompson wink look like? Ah, there it is. You know that's why I mean? he's a champion. You got <laughs> the smile at the end of it. You gotta give him the little head, the little you gotta move the head as you do it. Some people just move the eye. Not good enough. You gotta kind of move the head. I, I feel like a, obvious. a lot of people are gonna start winking at people on the street and getting arrested. We gotta, we gotta just put a disclaimer <laughs> here. Just be careful who you wink and smile at. When you, yeah, you can't just do it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mm. can't just do it to anybody. But you know, it's tough. It's tough being the NMF. You know, always have 
having a smile on do you want to go out there and just you know punch this late you know punch the lady who won't get over in the passing long highway you know you can't be doing that kind of stuff it, it gets it's a little tough you know what i mean you got to get it all out you got to have a gym to get all of your frustration and anger out or a good sparring partner most of my sparring partners are big and i don't know if you guys know this chris weidman moved to south carolina it's official mm. he's a southerner now he moved to uh south carolina so i get to punchy kick him on a regular on the regular basis now Ah, oh, nice nice take that chris and if you haven't seen exactly. the video of uh, wonder boy getting tased you have to it is i've never seen you like that it's funny how like you're so measured and so composed in the octagon but man when that tases out it's, it's, a, it's a different <laughs> side of you but i, I was gonna say the last time the last time we saw you in action the nmf i guess defending his belt was against vincent luke and it was a great fight. It was in MSG. It was the same night. The BMF belt was, um, you know, put into practice in, in New York. But that was uh, that was a long time ago, man. That we're coming up on almost a year. In the words of, um, of Summer Heights High, where have you been? Where have you bloody been? <laughs> well, okay. So, Vicente Luca, yes. Super nice guy. Uh, a nominal athlete. One of the best, I would say, counter-strikers. Uh, somebody who who keeps composed out there in the octagon, one of the best, man. I hit him with some some good shots, and normally when that happens, you're just sitting there, you know, piecing them up. You start to see these guys start to fade, and he definitely was not. He was he kept on coming forward. He he kept to his game plan, and I broke both my uh, in the I think it was the first. Or, I think it was might have been the second round, and uh, which is why a lot of people say, you know, why could you finish him in the third? You, you just, it looked like you were weren't hitting him as hard. It was because I broke both my hands. So that took a, a while to heal. And I think it was February, March. Around that time, they started to feel a lot better. I had to do a lot of physical therapy. You don't get a, 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 a whole lot of circulation in your hands. So it's hard for them to heal very quickly, you know? And I guess the older you get, the you know, the longer it takes for them bad boys to heal. It's funny how that happens. But, you know, and then COVID hit, right? COVID hit, you know, everything kind of shut down. And for me... I could have come back a lot sooner, but I'm around, you know, 650 kids every day. And a lot of these kids are being raised by their grandparents who are elderly. So I just felt like it would kind of be wrong on my part to be going out. And, you know, what if I ended up catching it and spreading it here um, at the time? So I, I decided to kind of put that on the whole, you know, on, on the kind of the back burner and focused on, you know, our gym, you know, and we were doing online classes. I was more busy in that era than I am now. Um, but yeah, I know. And right now, it, like, who do I fight? Like, I, I, I'm kind of itching at the bits to kind of step out there and do it again. And uh, here will he, will he fight again, or, or is this, or is your career on hold until COVID passes over? Because the kids oh, no. and the elderly, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, as of right now, we're you know definitely taking more precautions here at the gym. I think everybody in our area is taking more precautions and things like that. You know, people with uh, health issues and. Uh, underlying health issues or having problems, they're, they're kind of staying away. So as of right now, and, and UFC is doing very well on uh, catching that anyway and taking care of their fighters, as we've seen uh, these past few fights. So as of right now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to step back out there. I think we got a, we got a hold of it, and the UFC is doing a really good job. So uh, I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm curious tonight. Sure. <laughs> I'm curious tonight. Did the UFC try to offer you any fights in that downtime? And if so, what names were they throwing at you? Um, I, I don't think, to be honest, I really don't think they were pushing a whole lot of people in that time. Um, 
they they've mentioned i think jeff neil i think neil magny before he had his last fight um they ended he ended up getting a fight and then jeff neil ended up getting a fight then he got sick or like i'm pretty sure he almost died or something like that right i'm not really sure what happened to jeff neil um but you know for me somebody who's been in the game um you know just be Vicente Luque, who is an up-and-comer and, and is on a winning streak right now. I mean, he's, he's dominating some really good dudes. Um, I feel like I, I, I deserve somebody a little bit higher ranked. So, you know, I, I, and at that time, a lot of guys in the top, you know, um, Gilbert Brown, Mazdadal, you got Usman. The only person who really didn't was, was, uh, uh, was Leon Edwards. So, and... I think at that time, too, he was kind of doing a lockdown thing where he was because of COVID, so he wasn't able to make it to the States. But, um, you know, you got guys like, you know, guys like him who doesn't have a fight. I'm I'm, re- I'm ready to fight whoever. To be honest with you, I don't even care. <laughs> I'm ready to fight somebody. I think I'll be ready, hopefully, you know, early November, get back in shape, and I'm getting back in the swing of things. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. You know, the funny thing is, uh, speaking of Leon, he's still looking for a fight. I mean, this is a guy that many people believe could have gotten the title shot. And here he is without an opponent yet again. He was actually on the show just yesterday talking about that he's looking for a return around October, November. And obviously a great fight from the perspective of, you know, you beat a guy like Leon Edwards, a guy with a win streak like that. All of a sudden you're right back in that title picture. Um, is he is he the front runner for you as the next opponent? Is is he the guy that you're shooting for right now to have this return against? Um, not really. I mean, if 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 I were to be honest, if, if he ever Nick Diaz would be a really good fight, interesting fight for sure. Uh, he's very tough. I know it's been a, a while, but I think I had said something on Twitter uh, the other day about you know I would welcome him back to the division for sure. But Leon Edwards, yeah, he doesn't have a fight coming up. Um, but I feel almost bad for the guy because he, he literally is the guy in the top five who deserves, who deserves to fight for the title. And, and I think that him not being able to get out of London and fight had something to do with it. That's why they put up Gilbert Burns, but he definitely deserves the title for sure. I know we're managed by the same management company and I just kind of feel bad that he hasn't fought for it yet, you know? And Mm. I, and he, I think is the scariest out of the division really is every time you see this guy fight he gets better i mean he comes into the ufc a striker now he's out wrestling out grappling you know guys like rda i mean uh, even vicente luque they fought he was out wrestling and taking him down controlling him on the ground this guy gets better he gets better every time you see him and those are the guys that you really have to watch out for really have to put your uh you know have to study for you know, guys like Colby Covington and, I mean, uh, and, you know, Usman with that wrestling base, you kind of know what they're bringing to the game. With somebody like Elon, Elon, I mean, uh, Leon <laughs> Edwards, Leon, <laughs> Elon. You make uh, your nicknames for him like Colby I Covington. Know, bro. I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> Leon Edwards, he's just, I don't know, he gets better, man. He gets better. He's very, he's a scary opponent. But, um, yeah, man, at, at this point, I, I don't care. You, you know, you just give me, let UFC just give me somebody. I'm ready to I'm ready to go out there and scrap. And it would be interesting, to, you know, because you see the fights, nobody in the stands. You can hear every kick, every punch. You can hear the coaches, and you don't have to worry about. It. I wonder if that how that affects you when you're walking out, mm. where you don't because sometimes you use the crowd's energy, kind of uh, 
you know, puts you in that mode, you know, that fight mode. You, you hear the crowd when you walk out. They're cheering for you. You can't hear nothing but the crowd. And then until you get in the octagon, the crowd fades out, and all you hear is your coaches and, 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 and your opponent. So I wonder how that's going to play, how that would feel being out there. You know, I don't know if you guys have been to any fights uh, just doing media or anything like that. I don't even know if you can even get out of Australia or not. Can you guys do that? Nope. We were, we were thinking wow. about doing it for, I think, one of them. And it was like, uh, we can get out. That's fine. But when we come back in, oh. we have to pay. We go to quarantine for two weeks. It's like $3,000 for, for hotels. And we were like, wow. yeah, I, I mean, we, yeah, the, the submission rate of funding is in, uh, you know, isn't that yeah. great these yep. days? Send the check, <laughs> whoever's listening. I, I wanted to ask you, though, Stephen, you mentioned Nick Diaz and, uh, and that guy's kind of the front runner for you. What was your reaction when you saw that he's kind of making a return? Because I think most of us kind of thought, look, Nick Diaz's time as an active fighter in the sport is kind of done. And then out of nowhere, he's doing test cuts. He's, you know, back in yes. shape. What, what was your reaction when you saw that? And I'm also wondering, what did you watch the interview that he did last year with Ariel where people found it pretty bizarre? And I think that interview made people lean even more towards the fact that, you know, Nick Diaz is, is, is done in the sport at this point in time. I do remember that, and and you know I don't know why he's doing the weight cuts, but uh, you know you see him, hey, you know he's got talks about coming back. I didn't believe it, you know, I didn't believe it. But if he was planning on it, even if he's thinking about it, you know, uh, I just wanted to put my name out there. That was one. That's a, that's a guy that um, who's been in the game a long time. He's a veteran man. He's fought some really good guys. Uh, I love the Diaz brothers. Uh, you know, just their whole demeanor. You know, and their attitude, that's just who they are. They're not faking anything about it. And you got to respect that, you know. That's just who they are, these guys. They crack me up, and it's awesome. There's some tough dudes. So at first I was like, you know, I still kind of am. Like, I, I just don't believe him out there if, if he was willing to come back. So he looked great. I think it was like, what do you say, 175? He got on 175? He looked, he I think looked around shape, about man. that. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was a, a weight range there. Yeah, but it was around 175. I'm just wondering, though, as well, Stephen, I mean, a few people have called out uh, Nick Diaz, and the fight between you two would be so much fun from the perspective of you've got these two great strikers. It would be so exciting. But if, if, if Nick watches this or sort of sees this, what is your pitch, sort of? What is your angle as to why you should be the guy to get this fight? I guess a lot of people are going for it in the division. You know, it, I think it would be a great test back, man. And, you know, for him, I'm ranked number six right now. Trying to obviously trying to move up the rankings. He beat somebody in the top ten. You know, maybe one or two more fights, he could be fighting for a title because he's got a name. You've seen guys do that. You know, guys who, uh, um, you know, who are popping in the division go up to another division, have one or two fights. Love you, pops. <laughs> is that Ray Thompson? Is that Ray Thompson? <laughs> that is Mr. T. Mr. T. AKA Pops, come here for a second. They want to say hello. Friend of the show. I, I got, I got, I got him in my, in my earbuds right now. He's the one coming, time, guys. the one time at the press conference, the man had three hats on at once. <laughs> Tell him right. we miss him from New York. He won't be able to see us, but we, we miss him from the New Oli, York. The Ollie Anderson of the Four Horsemen. <laughs> yeah, we took a picture with these guys in, uh, in New York City, the Four Horsemen. <laughs> <laughs> Dinner at Ray's house as soon as this curfew is over. Let's go. Mm. Dinner, dinner at you guys are more than welcome. I'm telling you. you ever been, yes. Have you guys ever been uh, to the South? Never. No, never. We want to. Well, all right. We're going to have to show you some good old Southern cook. 
good, my yes. friend. It's gonna, yes. It, it may come in great. It's going to be delicious coming in, but it's going to be a, a pretty bad coming out, though. Just <laughs> we let, take just the good and the bad. There. It's fine. It is so freaking good. <laughs> we, we, we fry everything. Everything's fried, which is why, which is I'm impressed why I, you know, I've made weight every time. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, you you look like you're in great shape, man. And obviously, look, Nick looks like he's in great shape right now, too. But I'm curious, when you look at that fight between you and Nick, how do you sort of see it playing out? Well, just from looking back at his, you know, his old fights, he beats a lot of people. Obviously, he's got a really long range. He's got cardio for days. He beats people with volume. He goes out there and just pop, 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 kind of like his brother. And And it's not like... And it's not like he hits you with that one quitter hitter knockout. It, he just he breaks you down, breaks you down over and over and over. And you've seen him do that with high level strikers, you know, and just comes forward and just beats you with volume and hits you one strike that puts you like he did when he fought Robbie Lawler. I don't know if you remember. He pressured him. He almost got knocked out on that fight. I think. I think he almost got knocked out. Came back and knocked out Robbie Lawler. But he just beats guys that way. And and for guys, you know, for a guy like that, obviously you're gonna have to use, you know. Um, something that's longer than his arms, which are my legs. So my movement, my leg kicks. Um, and, you know, I, I've kind of really worked on my cardio after my second fight in the UFC, and I think it's, it's you know, done well for me uh, ever since then. Um, when I fought Matt Brown, I died in, like, literally 30 seconds of the first round. But So I've really focused on my cardio. But uh, I just think it would be an exciting fight. Just In fact, you know, for those true martial artists out there who – uh, just love the chess match and love the game. Um, mm. And that's what makes fun, the fight game fun for me, you know, trying to f- figure out my opponent. Sometimes you can figure them out um, outside of the octagon when you're watching video and footage, which I did with Johnny Hendricks. It, I mean, no disrespect to him. It almost seemed kind of easy when I went out there and fought him. Because when you see him fight once, you've seen him fight a million, you know, you've seen him fight a hundred times. <clears throat> but those guys like Rory McDonald, those guys like Tyron Woodley, even Vicente Luque, um, it's the chess match that makes it fun for me. And having to adapt out there in the octagon, it's fun, man. It, 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 I love it. I love it. Mm, yeah, so many classic classic matchups for you, man. So many great moments. Just quickly before we get off, Nick, uh, you know, Conor McGregor tweeted out this morning, you know, line them up. He's interested in fighting both Diaz brothers. I'm just wondering, um, obviously, you've got that YouTube channel. You break down things so well. What do you think is the tougher fight for Conor McGregor? A third fight with Nate Diaz or that first fight with Nick? Oh, man. Well, it, I think it would definitely be Nick Diaz. I mean, he's he knows what it, he knows what Nick Diaz is going to do. He's fought him twice. When 10 rounds, well, I don't know if it was 10 rounds because he got subbed in the first. I don't remember what round that was. Was that the last round? Uh, I think in the I first one it ended was a second or third round. Second or third round. It's oh, been a long wow. time, Stephen. Okay, okay. So, so maybe he didn't go ten rounds, but the last fight did go ten rounds, and it was controversial. So, I think fighting somebody like Nick for Connor would just be a little bit more difficult because he doesn't know what he's going to do, and you don't know what he's been working on. You know, it's been years since this guy's fought, but at the same time, like George Saint Pierre, he's a true martial artist, and he's always training this guy. You know. And I don't know if you noticed, uh, speaking of George, he looks very, very lean. Like he might be going down to 155 or something. You know what I mean? Ooh. You think he he's preparing for Khabib? Him? What, what are you suggesting here? What are you suggesting I'm, here, I'm, sir? I'm just, this is just something that I've kind of picked up looking at his, his Instagram. He used shampoo for the, the first time the other day as well. So 
<laughs> I, I know. As long as I've known him, I've never seen him with hair. It's weird. He it looks like a different guy. It's weird. Um, I, I, you know, I, I messaged him back. I was like, "Bro, cut your hair. You don't even look. You don't even look the same. Stop what, it." What? What, do you, what did he say? Do you, yeah. What did he say? And what do you think that fight would look like between him and Khabib? Do you? Because a lot of people are saying, "Look, he's a little bit older in this weight cut itself. It's it's a big deal for a guy his age who hasn't been in the octagon for a while." Do you do you, do you give him a shot with his shampoo and his hair and? Longer hair and lighter weight class and this age that he's at? I think you have to. You know, I'm, I'm 37. And, of course, he's been in a lot more brutal wars than I have. You know, he's taken some really big shots. And he's been in the game for a long time. And at a young age, you know, I, I came into this game at 28 years old. And, you know, came late in the game. So I haven't taken a lot of punishment like a lot of these guys had who started earlier and been in the game for so long. So... I, I think you would. I think I would give him a shot, man, for sure. At one fifty-five, I think he would do great. I mean, he, he's very. I think he's a better striker than Khabib. I think his wrestling um, is right up there with him. You know, I think he's a very intelligent fighter. So I know he would have a really good game plan going into that fight. But it would be his cardio and the weight cut. It will the weight cut and how his cardio going to going to do being down that way. And remember him years ago even when he was fighting going up there and training with him he said he could make one he could definitely make 155 if he wanted to so mm. and he's shorter than me and he's got he's got a waist like he's got this tiny waist so it kind of leads you to believe that he's able you know he's got a body for a natural you know for a 155er so um yeah man we'll just see i don't know i noticed it like last week i was like why is he looking so lean and i know people are talking about george st pierre and khabib so I don't know if he's trying, if he's thinking about it. <laughs> this is that. This is me thinking. You know, it's like I have. But you guys are messaging. Did didn't he didn't he give you any clues while you guys were mes mentioning no. me messaging back about shampoo I and had, hair stuff? Yeah, I had messaged him on Instagram. So he, I don't know if he he didn't see because he's got like thousands of people. This guy, you know, messaged him. So I don't even know if he saw it. <laughs> he he ghosted you. Oh. He ghosted the Wonder Boy. No way. He Not the did. NMF. He ghosted me, man. He um, go, thank oh. you, thank you. But I learned from the best. I mean, he is the like the OG NMF. You know, <laughs> sure. when he called out, when, who was it? Who did he call out? I, I am not impressed with your performance. Who was, Matt, it? was Hughes. That Matt Hughes? Yeah, <laughs> that was his crap talk. That was his, that was his that that was his mean talk, and it wasn't that mean. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal though. I'm not impressed by your performance. Jeez, in the in the middle of the octagon after Matt Hughes. Just, uh, just one. I wanted to ask you though, you know, speaking of kind of like, you know, call outs, this is probably one of the most nicest call outs, Jorge Masvidal after the Usman fight. He actually mentioned you, I think you put it up on Instagram, uh, again recently and he spoke about the importance of getting that one back. Um, what did it sort of mean to you for him to, I guess, you know, call you out? It's one thing to think, oh, these guys, you know, maybe should run it back, but he actually made it a point that he, he wants you at some point. I think that's awesome. You know, we, we did do battle, and it was a great fight at Madison Square Garden, UFC 217. And, you know, after you fight somebody, man, you learn a lot about somebody, you know? You go out there, and I've beaten guys who are looking for a way out, and I've, and, and I've fought guys who take these shots. They keep coming forward. They don't give up. And it's like those are the type of guys that, that you respect a lot and who I would want to have my back in a situation, you know, because you, you know they got that indomitable spirit um, in them. And even at the highest level, you you got guys who look for ways out. 
get out. You know, oh, you know, I'm getting ground and pounded. You see, Khabib do this with a lot of guys. Let me turn my back, knowing he's going to choke me out. And then they're like, oh, okay, got it. And, you know, they, they, you tell they're looking for a way out. Masvidal's not that guy, man. And we went three, five-minute rounds, knocking him down twice with a sidekick with a right hand. The dude literally did not break. I was trying to break him mentally. Didn't happen, man. He's tough, and he's gotten better since then. And he's he's got like this uh, this confidence about him now, you know, which can make a guy very scary, right? So I, I thought it was great. I was fighting so hard for him. I was like, please win this fight, bro. <laughs> uh, it didn't happen, but hey, you know, if, if he ever wants to fight, obviously I'm, I'm here for him. So mm. we'll, we'll make it happen hopefully at some point. I mean, you mentioned uh, the, the, that initial fight. He says he feels he could do better the second time around. How different of a fight do you think that second fight between you and Masvidal goes? Do you, do you think it's similar, or do you think because you mentioned he's improved quite a bit, he's got that confidence, it kind of plays out a little bit differently, a little bit differently strategically for you? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely, you know, obviously I've kept my eye on him um, since he's worked his way up very closely. And the thing what that makes him dangerous uh, is the guy will throw now. Obviously, you saw the flying knee with with Ben Askren. He'll throw something out of nowhere, and he's and he hits people with it, you know, uh, like the flying knee. And that and that makes you think, like, all right, what's what's he what's he gonna do now? And I think that's what makes me a little bit frustrating as well. Whenever I fight people, because people don't know what. I'm, I'm going to throw, you know, I could hit you with a sidekick, I can, you know, and now that, that you would prepare for somebody like him, which makes Izzy Adesanya scary as well. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. You know, what's, what's he got up his sleeve? Nobody knew <laughs> that he was, nobody, everybody knew that he was going to get beat by Ben Askren. That was everybody's plan, right? You were hoping it, but you thought Ben Askren was going to beat him. And then five seconds into the thing, he's running across the octagon and hit him with a flying knee. Like, who expected that crap? You know Ben Askren didn't. That's why he ducked his head. That makes a guy scary right there. You don't know what he's going to do. But, yeah, uh, I think now, you know, he's got that confidence. And he um, he's not afraid to do anything. Before, he just fought like he, like he always does. He's got that Muay Thai style. He's aggressive. Every now and then he'll try and take you down, which is how we fought. And uh, I'll definitely have to go back to the drawing board if I ever face him again. I, I, I do believe that he's better. And, of course, you know, I think I've gotten better since I fought him as well. So um, I think it would be a good scrap. Good scrap. Mm, absolutely. Well, we want to pick your brain. I mean, you've already told us sort of who you want and, and what the rough timeline is. But we got to pick your brain on some of these upcoming fights because you just mentioned Israel Adesanya uh, versus Paulo Costa. It's a big fight for our neck of the woods. And I'm curious how you see this one sort of going down and also what you make of Paulo Costa's striking. As a striking savant yourself, you know, we had Dan Hardy on the program saying that guys at the top of the division will be able to move away from him and use their defensive skills to kind of, you know, essentially, I'm butchering Dan Hardy's words, but essentially make him miss. And um, I wonder what you think of his striking, how dangerous he can be for Israel in this fight. I don't consider, you know, Apollo Acosta a technical striker at all. I think he's a brawler. I come, I mean, you know, you've seen him do it time and time again. He breaks people. For some, for some a guy that shredded and that big, he's got cardio for days. This guy, <clears throat> when he beat um, your, uh, your, what was it? Mm-hmm. Was it uh, who did he beat? Uriah Hall, Uriah Hall and then Yoel uh, Romero. Yeah, it was Uriah Hall. Yeah, it was Uriah Hall first, 
he broke Uriah Hall. He broke him mentally. He just he gave up out there. And, of course, you're not going to break Yo Romero. Yo Romero. And those guys fought pretty much exactly the same, came forward and just swung for the fences. For someone like Izzy Adesanya, he's got the, the potential to finish this guy second or third round. Um, Izzy is a counter-striker. He waits for guys to make their mistakes. He takes advantage of it. And I think this falls right into his game plan, what he does best for Izzy. The guy's aggressive. Um, um, Paulo Costa's aggressive, and he swings. He's got a lot of big movement in his, in his, uh, in his striking. He loops his strikes, which is going to be perfect for somebody like Izzy to just take a half a step back and counter back with a right hand or a left hook, kind of like he did with, um, with uh, Robert Whitaker, right? And Robert Whitaker, I believe, is faster than Apollo Acosta. The only thing about Apollo Acosta is that he's durable. He's very, very durable. He's very tough to finish. So I think after the first round, maybe Apollo Acosta, if, if Izzy can tire him out just a little bit, it's going to slow him down. Um, and Izzy Artisana is going to just be able to have you know, a field day, counter-strike in this guy. Um, so I, I think I got my man Izzy, I think, winning that fight. And Apollo Acosta, he, you know, he's tough. He talks a lot of crap. He's got a physique like no other. I remember <laughs> at UFC 217, he was fighting, uh, he fought Johnny Hendricks. And mm. Johnny Hendricks, you know, in the back, we were going to the venue. He had so much confidence, this guy. Johnny, he was like, yo, I can't wait to get out there and beat the crap out of this guy. Anyway, we're in the opposite corner, and I see this dude come in with glasses, nice shirt, and he takes his shirt off and starts hitting mitts. And I'm like, who the heck <laughs> is this guy? He's going to kill whoever... I remember Chris Weidman was back there too. He's like, "Who is this guy?" I mean, just shredded and bulked, just like freaking jacked. And I'm like, "Dude, he's fighting Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks is going—he's going to murder Johnny Hendricks." And he almost did. He almost did murder Johnny Hendricks. I felt so bad for him. That's the first time I ever saw Paulo Costa. And uh, yeah, I think Izzy, knowing what I know, Izzy can do. I think he can finish Apollo Costa. Mm. And, you know, speaking of durable guys in a fight that everyone's looking forward to, we have to get your thoughts on this Khabib Justin Gaethje fight as well, man. This is going to be a huge fight in the UFC, something that we can't wait to see. And people so divided, people not sure if Justin Gaethje could be the guy that actually dethrones Khabib and stops this winning streak. What do you think? I mean, he, the guy is a great striker. He's willing to go and, you know, he's a gamer. And he's also got that wrestling as well. Do you think he'll be able to do it against Khabib, or do you imagine the win streak li lives on? Do I think he has a puncher's chance? Yes. Uh, I think he does. Khabib, it's very difficult to pick against somebody in his whole career. And I don't remember who that was against, but he, he lost one round. And Khabib, he knocked down Conor McGregor. This is a who's a high-level striker, knocked down Conor McGregor. He's out-wrestled. Everybody gets his hands on and makes it look easy. Um, Gaethje is a brawler. He's a brawler. He walks forward, takes shots for some reason. Like, I've, I I feel bad for him because I don't know what he his, <laughs> he's going to be like, you know, 25 years from now because he literally almost gets knocked out every fight. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes back and finishes dudes. Um, but, yes – he does have good wrestling. Do I think it's a, it's good enough for Khabib? I don't think so. Um, his striking, I think if he can keep the fight standing up, he definitely has a chance. Um, uh, you know, a strike because he's got power in his hands just as much in the fifth round as he did in the first round. So I think he's got a puncher, puncher's chance. But I think if Khabib 
which I know I, I know Khabib can get him down on the ground. And for the first or second round, even the first round, if he just lays on the guy and grinds him down, grinds him down, that will slow um, you know, Gaethje striking down tremendously. And you've seen guys do that in the past. George St. Pierre was one of the best when he fought Tiago, uh, uh, a jacked Tiago Alves. I don't remember, mm-hmm. remember that fight. <clears throat> He's so good at laying on guys, even up against the cage and against good strikers. And, you know, those strikers, man, like Gaethje, you get a lot of blood in those arms defending the takedown. Definitely slows the guy down for sure. So I think Khabib's going to go out there and does what he does to everybody else. But I will watch the fight just in case. It's just you never know what's going to happen. That's why this game is so exciting. I love this game because you never know, right? You Everybody knew Luke Rockhold was going to be uh, Michael Bisping, right? I knew <laughs> yeah. it. I just knew it. And then you saw what happened. Oh, uh, when I fought Anthony Pettis, I was beating the crap out of Anthony Pettis. I got knocked out. <laughs> like, everybody went every, – actually, I don't think anybody in the stands went nuts because I'm pretty sure everybody in my hometown was at that fight. It was terrible. I'm like, oh, oh, no. why, did I, why did I have to get knocked out in front of everybody? But anyway, uh, <clears throat> I, I think Khabib's going to just outwork him. I think he's going to outwork him. Well, one thing I want to ask you, Stephen, I feel like you're the perfect guy to ask because you have such a close relationship with your father. He's obviously taught you, uh, you know, your whole life. And I feel like that's kind of one of the biggest X factors with this Khabib fight. We know what Khabib can do. We know what he's capable of when he's fully switched on. Unfortunately, you know, he had to go through, and I imagine he's still going through, the tragic passing of his father. So I'm just curious, without being too somber, um, what you know? How do you think that can affect a guy like Khabib? This, I believe, will be the first time fighting without his father. You know, part of his training camp. Well, <clears throat> with the mindset I, I know that Khabib has, right? Khabib is a very, very strong mental, spiritual man, and I can't imagine. Like it almost puts tears in my eyes thinking about my dad not being mm. there. You know, because when I think of my dad he's all he's all he's been there. been in every one of my fight you know Khabib's dad has been with Khabib <clears throat> for me and I put myself I try and put myself because I, I I've sat about this when it, when it happened and I of course I was sitting alone I was at my house and I literally you know started crying thinking about my dad trying to be there and, and fighting without my dad but I feel like I would train as hard as I can because I know, because I know that he'll be watching, right? I know he'll be there. Even, you know, if he's not there physically, he'll be there spiritually with me. And I think Khabib knows that. And I think he'll train harder than you you have ever seen Khabib train before. I think he would win his fights for his pops, you know, even though he's not able to be there. So I think you're going to see uh, uh, the best Khabib. I think you're going to see the best Khabib for sure. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the honesty there, Stephen. It's definitely yeah, a very, very interesting dynamic going into that fight. And and before we wrap up, we just want to talk, go back to your division and talk about uh, this upcoming fight between Colby Covington and Tyron Woodley. Um, before we look at who wins, what do you make of this kid that Woodley's been on lately? Do you think it's the same guy that you fought back in 2016 and 17 for the belt? Or are we looking at a different Woodley here? You know, it's it's very hard to say. I, I I like Tyron Woodley. I really do. I like him. We 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 chatted. We kind of squashed our beef. I don't know if you know. We I was on his Instagram. We went live and started talking about our conversations that we had actually in the first fight. We literally had on full <laughs> conversations in the octagon. Wow. Um, and and uh, you know, 
from what I've seen the last two fights, um, actually the last fight during training camp, I, I you know, I follow him on, on social media. I, I listen to interviews and things like that. And mentally he seemed there. He seemed like, like he was in the best shape of his life. He was training hard. He was getting everything back on track. And for some reason when he got out there, it just, you know, we have our good days. We have our bad days. Right. And it, and it, it it kind of surprised me because I, you know, I saw him get beat the way he did. I think getting knocked down in the first round kind of changed things. You know, he got knocked down and um, almost got finished. And I think that kind of switched the tide a little bit and um, made Tyron Woodley be a little less aggressive than he normally is. Normally he waits and waits and waits and waits. He did it. He didn't even do anything in the rest of the fight, it seemed like. Um, and the fight before that yeah man it just doesn't seem like it was the same turn that i faced for the first uh for my first or even second fight but that said i i really hope that and i think i think that he's kind of got his mind right i know he's training with the bmf uh he's training with george masvidal they're getting some good work in and have somebody like masvidal masvidal is a kind of up up beat guy and having somebody like that in the gym really makes the training fun you know and having somebody as good as Masvidal especially striking wise makes it gives you the confidence like no other um, so I'm glad that I'm glad the BMF is out there training with them but uh, I really hope to see Tyron Woodley go out there and, 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 and do what he does best so the last two fights, it doesn't seem like he was the same. It doesn't seem like we're the same. But I'm, I've always been really positive in people, and and I, I really hope that he's he's got it right, man. I think he's 38 years old. He's a year older than me, so it kind of gives me, you know, the inspiration. Like, you know, I'll be 38 in February, right? I know that I, I'm I'm better than when I was when I was 32 or 33. I know for a fact I'm faster. I'm stronger. I'm I'm uh, my whole skill set's better. So. I feel like he can do the same. So I know, obviously, you, you sort of, it sounds like you're leaning towards Woodley for a whole bunch of reasons. You guys are kind of buddies. You guys are, you know, you obviously you see a little bit of yourself in Woodley and it gives you inspiration. But are you, are you leaning towards him in the fight as far as uh, who you think wins? Who do you think wins this one? Yeah, man, just from, just from the whole mindset uh, that he's kind of overtaken. I've been watching him and, and seeing some of his interviews and things like that. He looks like he's on point. It seems like he's on point. I know he won't after that last loss even when he lost it he said bro like i don't know what happened like i i'm, I'm ready to fight right now i'm ready to go back in the octagon and fight this guy again because i know i can do better and i think he's I, I i i think he wants that one back i really do and what better guy to do it against who he's had beef in the past is colby covington you know i think everybody wants to see colby covington lose but uh, you gotta I, that you you cheer for and you gotta guy you gotta have the bad guy and i feel like colby's kind of like that has kind of taken that role a little bit. He's not good at it, but he's taken that role. So, yeah, you know, I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't want to see Colby fight for the title again. I think Usman just dominated. I think he beat the crap out of him. Um, but, I'll, 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 I, yeah, I would love to see. I'm leaning towards Tyron. I think Tyron's striking is more explosive. I think he's got the knockout power to finish him, especially after, you know, Colby Covington breaking his jaw. To have it broken again, for sure. So, I mean, as we wrap up, Stephen, and we really appreciate the time. I know you mentioned Nick Diaz 
is on the radar. Leon Edwards is out, but I'm, I'm curious if, if we're looking at any other potential opponents and a, and a return timeline for you. You've obviously got Colby Covington. Potentially, he could be Tyron Woodley and be a potential matchup for you. You've got, uh, obviously, Masvidal and, and Diaz mixing it up. A potential Nate Diaz fight or a rematch with Masvidal. Lay it out for us. Outside of Nick Diaz, who, who would be the... Give me best? all of them. Just give me all of them. Please, bro. <laughs> I don't care. Give me somebody in the top five right now. Right now. Make it happen. I'm ready for everybody. One of those guys. Please put it out. All right. How about everybody listening? You let us know. Let me know who I think I should, who you think I should fight next. Hmm? Because hmm? I will fight all of them. <laughs> hit, him, hit him with that Kamehameha wave. The big Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha wave. I don't care. Give him to me. There's going to be some, some Brock Lesnar comments. There'll be some Brock Lesnar comments <laughs> in, in, in the YouTube oh, section. 100 <laughs> You know that's coming. I love it. I love it. This is this is the wonder boy that we've all been missing and craving. We've asked you at the side of the interview, you know, where have you been? Where have you bloody been? And you've answered the question emphatically. You're ready to come back. We all want to see you come back. Follow the man on Twitter and Instagram at WonderboyMMA. Follow him on Twitch where you can see him cuss and rage while he plays games. And of course, if you're not following him or, or subscribing to him on his YouTube channel, what are you doing with your life? Seeing the man get tased, excellent analysis, breakdowns, and previews. A lot of insight there from the one and only Steve Wonderboy Tom. Thompson, Stephen. Don't want to show up your whole day, man, so we'll get out of your hair, but always a, an iconic chat with you. Thank, Thank you so you. much for your time, man. Man, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you plugging in, man. You guys are the best, and I always it's always a pleasure hanging out and talking with you guys. we got to get you guys down south, hang out for a bit, you know what I mean? Show you some, some southern hospitality. So I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Lots of love, Stephen. Thank you so much, man. We'll let you go. Thank you so much, Stephen. Have a great night, man. Really appreciate it, brother.